When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right. Hello. Right. Good-o. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? We've never started the podcast like that before. Are you uh, having a breakdown? Or yes. I think, I think I'm feeling I'm, I'm, we're in the presence of like a podcasting, like he knows about podcasting. Should I start the podcast now before We've I... done 250 episodes. I mean, no, you're right. We know absolutely fuck all. Shit. Yeah, you, shit the bed. Come on. All right. Well, all we right. should make him introduce it. He'd do a better job. Oh, well, this is it. It's, it's like we're just sitting down to play Agassiz or someone. <laughs> you know, this is... Have I you been compared? You see, this is combative. That's good. <laughs> That's a really good... really makes the guests feel at home, feel welcome. Poor man. He's not going to get a word in if you carry on that. <laughs> Does he need to be here? I mean, who knows? All right, shall I... Shall I let's just... Come on, Helen. Please. You can do this. Hello, scumbags. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. With your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Helen Gibson. And today we are so excited because we have the wonderful, the talented, the incredibly experienced podcaster, Ollie Mann. Thank you. Hello. I I wasn't going to interrupt until you got to my name because I was just like, let's see how many platitudes you can pile on here. I'm enjoying them. (laughs) I'm really, really thrilled you're here because we've been a big fan of yours for a long time. I mean, you are like a podcasting guru. I mean, we, I don't even want to say first, because we weren't. Like, you guys have been podcasting almost as long as we were. Yeah. We, I mean, me and Helen Zaltzman. We started in 2007. Yeah. But we weren't first. There were people who were doing it in 2004 and 2005. It's just that they were nerds. Like, they really were nerds. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know, I'm Evan, and this is my show about Windows 95 coding. Right? <laughs> oh, that's um, one of my favourites. <laughs> oh, the classics, um, yeah. So I think we were perhaps amongst the first, and you are in this group as well, really. When did you start? 2010 or something? 2013. Okay. But 10 years. We were lucky because we were, we were sort of the first, not in, again, we weren't the first parenting podcast, but we were the first, we, we started because I was, I, I, I was quite nerdy and quite techy, and I listened to podcasts, and I'd done a games podcast, and I was like, oh, let's have a parenting podcast, that'd be good. And it was all just people, mainly um, Americans, talking about what car seat to buy and the best yes. baby wipes. Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, someone asked us on another podcast just this morning, you know, they were like, oh, you're a pioneers. You're one of the... And I was like, that's right. What we used to do is we used to record it all on cassette and then someone <laughs> would type into the internet that we wanted to just... It would just play it down the microphone. Yeah, that's right. But it's actually, I mean... So, I mean, my train of thought was we were kind of amongst the first, and I'd include you in this, of a generation of podcasters who were sort of native to it um, and creating shows that had a showbiz element behind them, like an element of 
planning and editing and entertainment rather than just the real first generation, which was nerds just talking to each other about how to do stuff. Helen genuinely used to send me edits on CDs in the post. Not Helen Thorne. You're... Not Helen Thorne, Helen Zaltzman, yes, mm, who I used yeah. to collaborate with and ask me this. So that is how long ago. I mean, it wasn't quite wow. cassette stand a gramophone, but it was... To edit it, this before Dropbox and before physical broadband. Physical media. Yeah. Physical, wow. A horse and carriage would arrive. Yeah. And yeah. The <laughs> compact discs. But are we, we're skipping ahead. Look, why don't you, yeah. for anyone who's not familiar with your legendary status as <laughs> the inventor of podcasts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ollie, why don't you introduce yourself to the listener? Okay, so yes, I'm Ollie Mann. I've been podcasting since 2007. I went pro. If you, makes can... you sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this feels like a support group, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. <laughs> I've been doing it like for a job, for my living, since about, I think, 2011. So that ebbs and flows. You know, some mm. years it's been going really well. Some years I'm like, oh, I'm not earning any money this year. But I have been, I guess, one of the few people from that original cohort in this country who I don't work for a broadcaster. I'm making shows independently like you guys. So I do four podcasts. I do um, a daily show called Today in History with the Retrospectors. That's a new one. I do a monthly magazine show called The Modern Man, M-A-N-N. It's a pun on my name. It's not just for men. Um, I do a weekly... You should have called it Just for Men. <laughs> got a sponsor from the hair dye people. Um, I do a weekly current affairs show called The Week Unwrapped, which is for The Week magazine. Um, and I do that show with Helen, Answer Me This, which, although we ended in 2021, we've just come back for an Easter special. So, you know, oh. on a biannual basis. <laughs> That sounds dreamy. Should we just do it twice a year, Ellie? Like yeah. married couples. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the for all, for me. Like all the shows that I've made have been about providing people a mix of different things to think about. I feel like if you're in someone's head and they're really listening and on their headphones on their commute and they've chosen you out of all the other content in the world, it's quite nice to surprise them within that. Mm. So, like, if there's any common thread within all the things that I've done, I think it's that. Like, the week unwrapped has four news stories in it every week. Um, answer me this was a selection of questions, everything from... Yeah, it really was, like, is my penis unusual to... Um, well, <laughs> I'll save that for the Patreon. Um, to, like, you know, what should I do about this dilemma with my neighbours? To why is this trivia thing a thing? You know, why do we call this and that this? Um, and in The Modern Man as well, it's a magazine show. So, like, mm. you know, we, we do sex advice, we do um, trends, and we do a middle feature. So I really like... It's a bit of public service in me. Mm. I feel like even though I've been making all these shows myself, there's an element of sort of BBC values. I think it's just really nice to take someone somewhere they're not expecting to go once they trust you and you can bring it to them. Helen, it feels like Ollie's really thought about like the content he's producing. I think, <laughs> I think we need to have a meeting. <laughs> and I keep thinking, <coughs> we've talked about our kids' shit, uh, we've talked about my sex life, uh, we've talked about vomit. And yeah. I mean, how much does the listener get from that? Well, they're sometimes surprised. Yes, exactly right. We yeah. are fitting into the Ollie Man broadcasting strategy. No, yes. you, you absolutely are. Because because I've just had to explain who I am to the portion of your audience who don't know who I am. I mean, that that... That is an example of it, isn't it? You'll have someone on next week who's totally different and someone on the week before who's totally different. And that's... You are doing that. We're doing that right now. Yeah. I think it, people think that podcasting has to be narrowcast and you have to keep delivering the same thing all the time. And I just mm. think the thing that's constant is the rhythm of the show and your connection with the audience, in my mind. And it doesn't sort of matter what the content is. I know that you're not supposed that's to say That's been our philosophy. <laughs> crossing our fingers <laughs> that, I mean that's why I got divorced to be honest uh, yeah just, we just uh, ran out of things to yeah because that's you know just kind of keeping the magic alive so tell us about your other podcast tell us about the retrospectors so when Answer Me This was uh, coming to an end in 2021 as a regular show 
which wasn't my choice. Helen, Helen had had enough. Oh, and um, how was? Oh God, see that's what you know. We've not, we've never had to have that conversation. But I was think, you know how Step split up? Yeah. Oh, they came and just gave it. H and Claire gave a letter to the rest of the band <laughs> on Boxing Day on their like their penultimate oh. concert oh, yeah. on their last concert. Was it like that? I it just was, imagine all breakups to be like that now. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, breakup is an interesting thing, isn't it? It wasn't like a breakup because we weren't in a relationship. But, you know, you know, because you've been going on tour together and you've been working together for so long, you've written a book together, we've done all that stuff as well. It it was kind of like her saying, this thing that we do, Mm. this represents a version of me from a while ago. Basically, I mean, I'm I'm interpreting as kind of what I think she thought. I mean, she was busy and she was kind of like, I don't know if I've got enough time to do this anymore. But also, I think she thought, this version of myself is a thing from when I was 25, 30 years old and I've moved on. Like, Mm. I'm kind of, you know, I want to be authentic and I want to carry on doing it and I want to do something else um whereas I kind of thought yeah but it's paying my mortgage (laughs) (laughs) why would you drop this and so for years we were kind of like she really loved talking to the listeners and getting their questions and feeling like we created this product that people love but she'd kind of had enough and I was kind of like why don't we carry on to this point why don't we carry on to that point and in the end we kind of negotiated really to end at episode 400 because that was something that we all felt comfortable creatively was like it just feels right. like that's a number. Mm. It's a whole number. We've done a thing. We've completed a thing. 400 episodes of a thing. And like Just I say, writing this down, that's a rule. That's, that's three years to go. 150 yeah. to go. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I still wanted that feeling of... I, I didn't feel like I'd outgrown it. I mean, I'm basically still the same person I was when I was 15. So I thought, well, I want to carry on making a show that's about trivia, where I learn stuff, that has that connection with an audience is there a way of taking the answer me this template, which is like eight random subjects in an episode and chopping it up differently? So instead of it being a fortnightly thing that's 50 minutes long that you get in your pod feed, could I do it daily? Because daily was like the obvious thing that was gaining traction a couple of years ago. And so with Matt Hill, my producer that I work with, we created this format, which is, I mean, it's as old as the hills. It's a today in history format. It is. Uh, on this day in history, this thing happened. But again, it's about that variety. So literally... You know, one day we will be doing the Nazis and the next day we'll be doing the invention of Tampax or whatever, you know. And it is just that complete mix-up of stuff, but only 10 minutes a day. I've listened to your um, um, podcast and I... 10 minutes is great because you can you can unload the dishwasher in 10 minutes you can you know it can be a fantastic accompaniment to little things <laughs> many things many 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 things you can do in 10 minutes <laughs> especially oh, recently divorced yes exactly right <laughs> exactly um so yeah I, and we'll i recommend our captain bird's eye episode for yes, that yes exactly oh, i was I, captain bird's oh episode. that was a joy that was yesterday and um i i love i love that you're you're the unpacking of frozen food so to speak mm. which, metaphorically about the history of that and the, and the dude himself but also he did reference that he's turned into a sexy dude yes which brings us oh. back to me and ellie hot in stuff. that hot captain bird's eye came to our fifth anniversary party the, the real one the, the real, real one was flown over no. from italy because he's italian, yeah. he's italian what was his name oh, the color of the mediterranean oh my god very um, handsy very, very handsy, handsy. <laughs> he spoke very little english but he was he looked very pleased to be at did they our... defrost him for the occasion yes they did yes yes <laughs> he, they cooked he, him for 14 he, minutes he sailed into port yeah yeah no so he came to, and he was you know, so yeah, birds I flew him over and he, he seemed like a nice man, but he didn't he didn't Ricardo. 
Armando, I think his name was. Yeah, he didn't speak any English, and at that time, I didn't speak Italian. And uh, he he was um, he just looked very confused, as you would be. So yes. picture the scene, Ollie. Obviously, you know. It's I can't. <laughs> I can't have an Italian <laughs> frozen food company, and I'm flown over yeah. by a frozen food your, corporation. Your main job to be at the birthday party of a podcast in Italy. That's right. That would be weird. I Already, couldn't do that. Already, your world is like your main job is being paid to dress as a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Be very beautiful, and then you walk into this room, and there's these two middle-aged women, and they're wearing um, leotards with each other's faces on, yeah, like larger than life size. I'm saying that's like it's a normal thing because I have yeah. seen that picture. Standard. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, then there's a cake in the middle of the room with a load of fish fingers on it, but they're not real fish fingers; they're cake fingers. And it's all very, and and then all the guests are just mainly other middle-aged women who um, were all overexcited, very all having selfie okay. with him. Can I, I don't know how the to with you, uh, but wait, and then and then another <laughs> elder, an older man, a little bit older than you, comes over to you and starts jabbering at you. He's the only other man at the party, and he starts jabbering you about about acting, but you don't understand that because you're not, you don't speak English. That's my father. Imagine, right. <laughs> imagine that happening. Yes. I mean, what are you think? What, what I've just met your father, and it layers on whole extra dimensions <laughs> of complexity. Yeah, I can't imagine. But what, I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe your regular listeners will know this more than I. Why was Captain Birdseye at your birthday party? Well, um, basically, it turns out my real father. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were conceived via the medium of fish fingers. <laughs> So years ago, um, the the Daily Mail ran this article by a journalist, a, a state journalist, by a woman called Jan Moore. Moore oh yes, Moyer. Yeah. Moyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who um, wrote who wrote this thing about what what is happening to Britain, broken Britain. Look yeah. at all these awful scummy mummies. It wasn't just about us. It was about lots of our friends like Clemmie Telford and Steph Douglas, and basically anyone who'd ever suggested that parenthood and motherhood might not be this idyllic pastel perfect mm. picture. And she quote she like used a bit from our book and said that we advertised. Um, giving our children frozen fish fingers mm. without bothering to cook them for dinner, which of course we said as a joke. Yeah, because yes. we're comedians. The clues in the name, but she didn't get the joke. And um, so all this. So then, um, but then it went viral because all these women in Britain um, started this campaign called Solidarity TEA, and everyone did a hashtag, and everyone and everyone took a picture of themselves giving their kids frozen fish fingers and chicken nuggets. <laughs> so bird's eye did very very well. So bird's eye. Paid us a moderate amount of money to be in an advert for them. And wow. flew over uh, the captain for okay. our party and gave us a fish finger cake. So I've got a question for you about the women of a certain age, Captain Bird's Eye sex thing. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Captain Bird's Eye is now this sexy Italian captain. Sexy yeah, Italian, fine. Yeah. Is that because on some level for 40 years they were tapping into a housewife Santa Claus fetish thing? And then they were like, let's legitimise this by making him conventionally handsome. But actually, mum's always liked Captain Birdseye. I think it was more than it was a pan-European marketing strategy. <laughs> they wanted to get away You can from tell you've been in Birdseye's pocket. <laughs> You've got a suite of products. <laughs> <laughs> Our brand I triangle. Know. That's a good question, isn't I it? I think there's always a sex thing with Captain I think we should, That's what I think. We should talk about that on our new spin-off podcast, Helen. Riddle me that. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a screen soon. No, I mean, I podcasting's know. all about the niche. You just need to do a podcast series about which company mascots do you most want to fuck. Just that. Oh. Just, just the ten. We have you can rated... Do Uncle ben. I can't think of another one. <laughs> do the Pillsbury Donut Guy. KFC. Exactly. Ronald well, McDonald. No. Okay, so... the Colonel. We've, no. we've done a Today in History with the Retrospectors about Colonel Sanders. So oh. I learned all about him in researching that. Uh, well, tell us about Colonel Sanders. So, well, the episode is called Finger Licking Lawsuit. I would recommend it. 
But basically, he had a massive payoff for selling his fried chicken. It was a genuine, he was a colonel, well, we go into that too, but let's say yeah. he was a colonel. Frying chicken by the side of the road, perfecting the recipe, secret spices, all that's true. Yeah. So he had built the business from scratch, and then he sold it for a fuckload of money. Mm-hmm. But then he went around slacking him off. Oh. Like, which I never knew. So, like, for the last 20 Bitter. years of his life... Bitter, He went around saying, this this sauce tastes like horse shit. This gravy is appalling. Oh. Like, you've taken my, my authentic fried chicken and you've ruined it. The gravy is shit, to be fair. It's and very watery. It was no. all against the terms of his sale, obviously. Oh! But what are you going to do? You can't sue him because he's the company mascot. Like, it was literally oh, his face on KFC. So he didn't oh, really no. take the golden handshake. He didn't do... He didn't go... He didn't perform his side of the bargain. No, his side of the bargain was to be the face and shut up. But instead, he kept shut talking up and take about, the money, yeah, Colonel. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, this this was he had the might of the military behind him as well. Don't yes, don't fuck with him at any moment. Mm. They knew that. Well, what he did launch, which I didn't know until we made this episode, and this is the problem with ten minutes. We didn't have time in our episode to say this, so this mm. is an exclusive for you. Spin off. <laughs> What he did do is he launched his own rival fried chicken restaurant in his hometown. No. Yes. No. Which is still there. Wow. Named after his wife. And it's called, you know, Auntie Fanny's Chicken Bits or something. <laughs> and you could, it's, it's like the authentic KFC as he as the colonel wanted it. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And I bet purists would go it's there. It's still there. It's still there, yeah. Where yeah. is it? Yeah. Uh, is it in Kentucky? Somewhere in Kentucky, yeah. yeah. I'm going there. Ellie, that's... I love going to crazy, mad places. Oh, you yeah. must. So, so I'm going go. And oh. the original KFC is a... Like Museum of KFC as well, if you're interested. Wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my next American road trip. That's that's done. Mm. And you might know this. Is it true? I read once that the, the, there's a secret seven herbs and spices yes. thing, right? Yeah. To the chicken, yeah. and that formula is written on a piece of paper and locked in a vault, mm-hmm. and that only like five people know it at any time, and they all have to travel on different planes in case they die in a crash. Is that true? I have not independently researched that fact, but I have heard something similar. Mm. I mean, corporate histories are really, really interesting when you look into how things came about. I'm trying to scour my brain to think of one that we've done recently because we've done so many. But I absolutely love learning about how very often something that was a byproduct or a mistake became the main product, like the side hustle became the thing Mm. that then your business was known for. You know, companies that make industrial plastics and then they end up developing Barbie or whatever, that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to think what we've done recently, which tapped into that. I mean, something that I've learned, I mean, this won't surprise you as women, (laughs) but it surprised me as a man, is just how many times in recent history women have been sidelined from things they've invented. Mm. So like, I keep learning this again and again and again. I'm like... Well, like you claiming to be the inventor of the podcast. When sure, it yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, um, oh, the, the woman who invented the at-home pregnancy test, we did an episode about that. Mm. She did that. Again, that was a side hustle. So she did that as like, she worked as a graphic designer within the pharmaceutical company and saw what was required in, in the latest science to actually work out whether or not you're pregnant and realise that it was replicable in a home setting mm. and realise that for most women who wanted to find out whether they're pregnant or not, that would be preferable to go to a doctor and having an examination. And started developing it herself in her kitchen at home and created the prototype for what became the at-home pregnancy test. Oh, man, imagine the scenes. Just, just so much piss. <laughs> so much piss. Until you work out which one's... Jugs of piss just line. ready yeah. to go in the fridge. <laughs> Yeah, and then took it to a boss, and her male boss was like, "No, nah, no, don't think so. We're happy charging lots of money to do the laboratory test. Thank you." Mm. He oh. then took it to his uh, colleague in Holland, 
but not he didn't really take it like he was like at a conference or something and just mentioned it mm. yeah and then in Holland they were like yes that's a good idea we should develop this that is it. the Dutch always been more forward thinking yes. very progressive mm. but didn't tell her started making the product she had designed and brought to her own company started the making it Dutch they've always been bastards wooden <laughs> shoes what's that about anyway idiots <laughs> <laughs> and then she like Peggy a madman style kind of had to go along to the boardroom meeting where they were discussing her invention and say excuse me but I invented this can I can I have a seat at the table literally shit um and then, of course, that became the thing that they're famous for. They created did the at-home coaching. Did she get the seat at the table? She did, although she didn't get the money she deserved. Like, you know, she was allowed to <sighs> cooperate on the way it was developed. So she was Mrs. Clear Blue? Yeah. Mm. Wow. But she wasn't a sciencey person. She was a graphic designer. Mm. Like when you think about it, the, the, the elements within it are just what they did in the lab. Her foresight was to package it in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, intellectual property, that's another thing. that time and again in Today in History with the Retrospectors, I find, like... IP just wasn't well guarded until really recently. Like, read about, like Little Orphan Annie came out as... Um, I'm trying to think what it was first, whether it was a comic first or... I think it was a comic, but I'm saying that like... I'm it was definitely a comic before it was a musical. Right. But I, I have a feeling it was something else before it was a comic. A cave painting? <laughs> uh, a book, a poem, yeah. something yeah. like that. I can't remember now. But the point is that... Within 40 years, people just nicked ideas and did them again. I mean, that just happens all the time through mm. history until really recently. Uh, like, or Jesus Christ Superstar. When, I mean, don't get me wrong, I read the Bible, you know, had gone through a period of... Uh, <laughs> it was a, you, could, you could rip off the story from the New Testament. But um, in 1971, when they premiered Jesus Christ, Superstar, Jesus Christ Superstar in London, the album was selling so well in the United States because of evangelicals that people were mounting pirated productions over there without giving Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice the money for mounting that, because they said, we're performing your album, we're not. Well, how do you think Jesus felt about it? <laughs> exactly. Jesus. But, I just, but that's 1971, and they had to go to court, and they had to say, no, this is our show, you're doing our show, you owe us money, as yeah. recently as that. Um, so it's just sometimes just fascinating, like, realising the mechanics of what's going on behind the scenes of these things you take for granted you know yeah, yeah. We, we've had people email us going oh we really loved your comedy show um would you mind like sending us the script and we'll, we'll put it on for our school play <laughs> no no not, no not, no, really. not really or just we love your songs we'd like to do it i'm like no i mean we we got the music from bonnie tyler originally but, yeah, but um, we pay we pay we pay her, prs we pay yes PRS. yeah pay her some 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 money <laughs> yeah uh, but but it's it's and also or i find funny um and you may not get this as a male um you know uh, podcaster is that people after we do a show they go did you write that yourself <laughs> <laughs> you laugh very loudly yeah no I don't <laughs> do that no no, no. so yeah. it's, it's sort of as a you know I think I think yeah we walk a different path as, as women and, and so many times we've you know been overlooked and all that sort of thing for things and then you see maybe two dads doing very well right in, in the same sphere that we started mm. like 10 years ago and when they've said no but parenting's not going to be popular on, on this radio channel and then two yeah, dads yeah, would yeah. do like but how is it different that yeah. two two penises are in the room mm. I don't I, answer me this Ollie <laughs> <laughs> well I mean the dad thing is interesting because I think so I also have noted the growth in men talking about parenting mm. actually again I'm going to stake some claim there yeah yeah, so, yeah definitely uh, on The Modern Man that other show that I do we started doing a a men talking about parenting slot mm. in 2015. So that yeah. was yeah about four years before this 
became like the meme that's taking over the podcast charts. And that was me and you know them. It was me and Stuart Goldsmith and Tom Price. Yeah. So the three of us talk about our experiences being dads because, by complete coincidence, I promise we didn't time this, um, all three of us, uh, our partners, had a son in December 2015 slash January 2016, like mm. all at the same time. Mm. Which was really weird. And I'm just going to say, I think that was also after you all met us for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So. We went home and we were like, love, we need to time this for 2016. Listen, it's the hot thing. Their best lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but we never wanted to do it as like a weekly or a monthly show or anything. So it's just an annual slot on The Modern Man. Once a year, we do a thing called How to Be a Dad. And the idea of that is to chart our experiences as dads on an annual basis. Um, and see how it's changed us as people, really. So it's a different thing. We're not doing... We're not necessarily... I mean, it is funny, because they're funny guys. Yeah. But we're not trying to be funny. We're just trying to compare notes. Mm. And there was a gap, I think, for men talking about those things, because women were doing it more and more. Yeah. Mm. I think there was a, there was a, a need to talk about the male side of that experience, particularly like things like accompanying your female partner in childbirth. Yeah. You know, that is something that's worth discussing. Mm. Then you get on to like monitoring how much time they spend in front of CBBS or whatever. I mean, I guess that's not really that gender specific. Yeah. But um, I did feel like the big shift for me um, becoming a dad in 2016 was, and, and Tom and Stu sort of agreed with me on this, was that you go for, and, and I think this is particularly the case as a man, because somehow I think as a woman, you sort of feel like inevitably this might be your destiny anyway. You know, time's ticking out, you know, you've got till you're 30 or 40 and then that's it. As a man, it's a bit of a shock. You don't have the nine months pregnancy to get used to it really either. Mm. Like you, you say you do to support the female partner, but really you're carrying on with stuff, right? And then suddenly you are no longer the hero of your own life. That's the shift that happens. Mm. So, and which, of course, like I say, women listening to this, I'm sure will be like, yes. <laughs> but, but it came as a shock to me because, like, my particularly, like, doing self-promotion for my own homemade shows, I'd done nothing but think about my own needs and what I wanted mm. and my career and the things I was doing. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm doing all this for someone else. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm going to, it's okay if I coast for a bit, so long as I'm earning enough money to pay to keep a roof above our heads and all that stuff. I think that is a big well, shift. And some, some men find that very difficult to cope with and, yeah. and, and can't handle it, basically, and can't, can't just coast. No, and they leave. Up, you know, yeah. uh, doing something really dickish. But yeah. that's a story for another time. <laughs> Sounds like potentially a story you've discussed in the back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really good that you've acknowledged that and I think that's important because other people would internalize it get bitter and then yeah then do really stupid things but um but I you know we've had Stuart and we've had Tom on the podcast and they've articulated um parenthood very well but we had we had Stuart we had before, before and after, and after. <laughs> yeah which was great because um he he was like oh I'm, I'm this great godfather and he yeah. he'd done comedy for kids and had he, mm. I think he had a real thought he had a real insight but you can't no. you can't you can't actually prepare for parenthood you can read and listen and but it is it's it's a it's a deep gut feeling it's a it's a sort of animal response and and you are suddenly responsible for another human being and that's lovely and frightening in equal measures it's really terrifying because you're like the love you have is so great you're you you it's it's frightening you think about all the ways they're going to die basically in the Mm. first year as well like Mm. you can be overwhelmed by the love and the responsibility and um but it's good to laugh about it i think because it is so ridiculous isn't it like you can't well it's just all consuming isn't it yeah it's it's a really long game as well i mean (laughs) stewart's thing is quite interesting because yeah he's he's a very creative person and you know Mm. 
I think his view of what it would be like to be a dad, and, and he's, he does do this to an extent, yeah. <laughs> sickeningly, like like the dad in Bluey, just like, fucking just take your foot off the pedal a bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Creating games and special moments and, you know, yeah. uh, I'm going to make up a story for you at bedtime and all that stuff. I, that's I'm, his street performer in him, though. Yeah, right, it is, yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's him. But yeah. like, I never wanted that as a father. No. I was just like, I want to not fuck this up, mm-hmm. and I, I want to have a relationship with these people. Mm. Um, but it's a re- it's what you do when you're not paying attention, isn't it? It's what you do when they ask for your attention when you're doing something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when it matters. It's not when you've created a treasure hunt in the garden. No, it's, no. it's when you're trying to watch the news and they're like, "Can you come and do this painting with me?" Yeah. And inside you're thinking, "No, leave me alone." <laughs> oh, that's when it's you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's for me. It's about the the fourteenth TikTok I've seen in the day, and I have to. I can't fake enthusiasm. Like, look yeah, at yeah, this. Yeah. Look at Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I want yeah. to spend half an hour by myself right now. Um, oh, I did see a good one the other day, though. Yeah. Uh, would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? What's a matter baby? Nothing. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's excellent. That is good. I actually heard that on a Tim Ferriss podcast with Freddie Brown, but I thought I'd, I'd oh, no, no, no. rob it for this one. That is excellent. So, so what have you learned about parenting, Ollie? Like, <laughs> I want, I want to hear more about your sort of. Yeah, I mean, how, how old are you? Because we often get asked advice, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And I sort of think. I don't know. I feel in two minds about it. I feel on the one hand, like because we all had that experience when you're pregnant for the first time, and people like go. They like tell you what it's going to be like for three hours, and then they tell you you can't possibly know what it's going to be like. And you mm. sort of go, "Well, I've got an idea, thanks." Do you yeah. know what I mean? But it is you can't. I don't know. Do you? So I feel funny about giving people advice as well because everyone's experience is different. But again, I think that's a, a male-female divide a bit as well. Mm. I think particularly because people, for some reason, I noticed this happening with my wife. You know, people see a pregnant woman and will go up to them unsolicited and start giving them advice, right? Mm. And whereas people see a man with a baby. And you, f- you sort of feel kind of sexy, actually. <laughs> like yeah. standing in the M&S cafe with like a newborn baby on your arm. Oh, imagine if Captain Birds had a baby. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> no, 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 oh. no, no, no. That, I'll save oh. that for later. Come Irish on. Irish fingers. Yes, I've got like a version of that Athena man and baby poster now, but with Captain Birds eye. <laughs> 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 too much beard oh black oh. and white oh yeah. that's lovely we, yeah. we, we did do a Today in History about the uh, man and baby Athena poster as well um, which by the way was yeah. conceived by like the creative director of Athena it wasn't an authentic it wasn't like let's do a series of shots with a model and then he brought his baby it was like I, I know what'll sell yeah. let's yeah. get muscly man a very muscly arm yeah. a very have strong you done arm the, the tennis lady scratching her arm we haven't done that one yet I'm looking forward we've just done Che Guevara Ooh. but we've not Ooh. done the tennis lady scratching her arm I'd rather side. hear about the tennis lady <laughs> <laughs> I probably know quite a lot about Che Guevara. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, so what have I learned? I mean, yeah, so I feel like because people are expecting so little of you as a man, then anything you can offer is a surprise. And so like, people don't come soliciting for you for advice. If you give other men that are about to be dad's advice simple things, like try a Tommy Tippy machine, you know, that's like some revelatory thing. Oh, he knows about white noise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so practical, people come looking, particularly men, come looking to other men for practical advice more, I feel. Mm. The thing that happened to me, which was completely unexpected, is six days after my first son was born, my father dropped down dead with no, like, terminal illness, no indication that was going to happen. Thank you. Um, And so it was weird because I couldn't have what would have been, I think, the experience I would have had Mm. because I suppose I was still grieving my father or, like, coping with how do I do this without him there and everything was everything that should have just been joyful mm. was tinged with this sadness of oh but he would have loved this and he's not here to see it gosh that's really hard I'm sorry so it was yeah, hard but yeah. um, it was also 
it also made you really appreciate what it was you were doing. Yeah. And the thing I feel like, because I'm a completely godless person, mm. if you're not religious... Get out of my house. Get out. Sorry. <laughs> it ends now. Satan. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mum. In the absence of religion... Mm. Meeting my son for the first time was the most spiritual experience I'd ever had. Yeah. So to then suddenly lose my father six days later was kind of like, it felt like something, it, it felt even more than it would have anyway, mm. that something um, existential and spiritual was happening. Yeah. A change was happening to me, mm. but also around me, I was subject to forces beyond my control and, mm. and magical forces that can give life and take it away. Mm. And... The thing that I'm that I try and offer advice on on that is if someone says to me, "I've just lost my father or my mother. How can I bring that parent into my new child's life?" Which, once you tell people that of your experience, that's the thing someone might say to you, and and that's the thing I've not really seen anyone write about particularly, unless there's been some great trauma. It's mm. one thing if, like I say, if you know there's a big terminal illness going on, or there's a sister dying, or someone's got cancer, it's different. But if you just suddenly have a death and then you have to deal with it. Um, there are things we sort of instinctively worked our way through, like bringing... So my dad used to race vintage cars. And the th- like, this is the sort of thing that's sort of heartbreaking in a way. I've always hated cars, not interested in cars, never had an interest in cars, broke my father's heart because I wasn't interested in cars. He wanted to call me Bentley and I wasn't interested in cars, like never interested in cars. <laughs> Thank God he didn't. Then. Thank God he didn't, because that's either a rapper or an elderly homosexual. But anyway, <laughs> I was like... Not both. <laughs> or both. And that's an album I would listen to. Um, <laughs> but... I was like, I'm never interested in cars. And then pretty much my son's first words were all about cars, vans, trucks, trains. I know this is standard little boy stuff, but he really went for it and it wasn't coming from us. Mm. And um, so I was living, I was thinking, oh God, it's such a shame dad didn't see this. But also there was just this magical sense of like, my father's genes like skipped me. I picked Mm. up other things from him, like my sense of humour and... um, I'm dyspraxic and he was dyslexic and there's a way of looking at the world which I've inherited from him. But that thing, cars, and an interest in engineering, that sort of stuff, completely skipped me. I had absolutely no influence on it and my, both my boys now are obsessed with them. And yeah, and, and so actually I've been able to bring my father in really naturally with them, mm. like he's still alive. I've been able to say, oh, Grandpa Stanley had one of those. And it, they know he's dead and I've always used that word and been really open about it. But... The, the idea of him lives on through these things and some of his artefacts his racing helmet and stuff like that is in their room pictures of him racing vintage cars so um, yeah I mean that was a very specific thing that kind of happened I don't want to say happened to me because it didn't I'm just in the middle of it well but it, 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 it did though didn't it I mean the, the thing of your dad dying that was a thing that happened to you that was a trauma that ha- and that happened yeah I suppose because you talked about sort of magical forces there and stuff did it make you more sort of religious if not no no you're just like person but that's a really personal thing yeah i actually personally get comfort from the fact that this that that life finishes when you die i actually don't think he lives on in in the grave or in heaven like it's just weird to me Mm. i find that very motivating from like i can't be asked to do that i'm like well this is your only chance (laughs) (laughs) it's just like well i've answered that question in my head so i can stop thinking about it Mm. people spend their whole lives thinking about that question like it's fine Mm. i don't need to don't need to pray about it and i don't need to think about it i'm fine with that um, but it just like the the thing that non-parents don't the thing you don't say to non-parents which is why it's useful to have podcasts about parenting I think either for men or women or both is that 
because because you don't know what experiences people have had they might have lost babies and had mm. miscarriages and abortions and whatever even when you're full of the joy of parenting you don't really tell people what it's like because i was worried of being like sounding a bit evangelical about it but when you're speaking to other parents i found myself feeling a bit more evangelical about it mm. I, I was able to say the things that i probably would have said anyway had my father not died like you know isn't it amazing when they take their first step isn't it amazing when you have this sort of um transmutation into a different version of yourself where you're a parent but it came with this metaphysical oomph as well mm. of like i i, f- I feel like a th- like there's some sort of purpose to what's going on or perspective on it doesn't actually matter the other stuff doesn't matter and all kinds of weird math stuff going on as well so my Mm. dad died at 70 I was 35 so it's exactly halfway to his life expectancy Mm. when I became a father so it's just this real sense of like okay I'm I'm actually not the story anymore like I'm in the second half Mm. of my life now and this is about my sons yeah I've, I've, I've struggled sometimes with talking to friends women friends who are you know thinking about whether or not to have a baby or whether to try for a baby or perhaps they've tried and whether they should do IVF and I find that really hard because you know there's, there's a bit of me the emotional bit wants to go you, yes you should totally have a baby and it's amazing it's the best thing we've ever done and it's transformative and it's just it's like nothing else and but you know but then the other the rational part of me is like well, that isn't necessarily going to be their experience. Some mm. people have a baby and have a terrible time. The reality is that people do sometimes regret having children. Mm. You, the people, it's not talked about at dinner parties, but, you know, as someone said to me, if you go on the internet, you can find forums, streams mm. of women who are in real trouble. Or what if I say that it's this amazing thing and, of course, they should do it and then they can't get pregnant and then they're going to feel this loss that they've yeah, missed yeah, yeah. out. Mm. And I find that just, just really hard. What do you say, Helen, in that situation? Yeah, all I can ever say is, like, for me... I have loved this experience. I always wanted to have a baby. I've had two, you know, pretty okay kids. They're, they're all right. They're pretty lovely. Um, but, you know, there's no guarantees. And you don't know you don't know how you're going to respond as a mother. And mm. you don't know what child you're going to get. There's mm. no there's no ticket. There's no magic formula. Um, but all I know no. is that it's I... It's like buying a house and you're going to have a look around and go, oh, well, the bathroom's not big enough, but it'll probably be all right. Yeah, that, that exactly. And it's so, it? it is such a personal thing. And you you take, as you said, like your own experiences from your childhood and your parents and, and all those sort of things. So, yeah, but I, all I can say is that I, I've loved being a parent and, and well, I've made a fucking career out of it. It's been very lucrative. Very lucrative. My suspicion yeah. is, though, that like if that's your approach... Even mm. if you'd had a terrible time, mm. you'd probably also say it was the best thing of your life because you're that kind of person. That's how yeah. it hit you. Yeah, and that's yeah, how yeah. I feel. And I, I feel like it, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to speak for what the experience would be like if you know we ended up having a child by accident, quote unquote, or whatever. Yeah. Or I got depressed and I, you know, couldn't cope with being a father for a while. All of those things would be bad, quote unquote, yeah. compared to the and experience hard, that I've yeah. had and hard. But I think because of the way it's hit me, I could now say that actually, nonetheless, I'd still do that. Mm, it would mm. be both the best and worst thing for a while, but then it would still ultimately be the best thing for me. Yeah. But have maybe you, you don't know until you try it. Have you had that conversation with men then, maybe who were on the fence about whether to whether to have one? I have had that conversation, although, again, I think when men talk to each other about it, these sort of honest conversations very often, it's sort of not our choice. Mm. I mean, it's definitely how I felt. Well, it's definitely the real politique of whether or not we had a third one entirely my wife's decision like it's her body Mm. she was very clear I was very clear like when we um got together and were thinking about that sort of stuff that I wanted a child I thought it was important to discuss that Mm. Mm. 
but I never set any limit beyond one. Like, I think, one, you know, I want a child. That, that's what I want. Let's try for a child at some point. Everything else is up to her. Like, it was her decision to say, okay, yes, I'd have yeah. a second one. I think Pete wanted, like, four, and then we had two, and he's like, that's quite That's enough, done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have had three if yeah. she'd have wanted three. Um, but she very much didn't, and I was mm-hmm. like, I respected that. So I feel like that's the conversation is kind of like, because you've got to think what's going to do to your relationship as well, and that's the... Oh, it's just, it only adds, really. I can't see a bad thing. <laughs> really. All, all, all just oh, so good. And, oh, your body so... feels great. Oh, just well, so good. The, the no sex thing, you know, again, I, I find men talking to each other out of female company, just the same as when women are together, you know, that conversation comes up in a way it doesn't in mixed company. Mm. It's like, we don't have sex anymore. You know, most of my friends at some point have said that to me. So, you know, that's a conversation. Yeah, but, but I think I wish we talked about it more because I think that's again, yeah, that's a lot of certainly we've got jokes about that at our show and they go down a storm. You think anyone in this audience had sex more than twice? Yeah. <laughs> I remember we did used to say that. Is anyone fucking right now? And yeah. you get it's like <laughs> Yeah. But I wish I'd known that it comes back as well, that it's all right to What? Be it comes relate. back? Yeah, it comes back, mate. Hey, oh, it's so good, so good. Come yeah. on, let's pop upstairs right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that's not spoken either. That actually, you can, you know, you can you can re- rekindle things mm. now and again, reignite. Yes, yeah. just put a DVD on. Anyway, <laughs> what for him? <laughs> for the children. For the children. But also, there is nothing like the level of responsibility with anything else in your life, is there? Mm. So like, we've just got a puppy. <clears throat> Why did you do that? Right, people say that. What? You've got two cats and a shit on your laundry when you go on tour. What are you talking about? Who are you to judge? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Why did you? <laughs> so the common the common reaction is why would you do Because it's like having another child. Yes. But I do. Again, I wouldn't say this to a childless person because it seems tactless. But it is like having now done both. It isn't, and the reason it right. isn't is mm. I can neglect the puppy. Oh, all day you know long. I mean? it's the wonderful. puppy's crying in the kitchen. Run, just get on with it. He's not going to ring child life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to pay for his therapy. Right. <laughs> You know, just it's like it or lump it. Yeah, I'm your owner. Whereas, you know, Jesus, up all night with children. I know. Right now. But you know, you know. But in a good way, like a like like nice neglect. Like it's not going to die. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. the difference between my Sorry, son woke me up, up four times last night. Yeah. And I every time went into his bedroom and had a conversation about why he was crying. Mm-hmm. And every time it was for a bullshit reason. Yeah. You know, my blanket's on the floor. I've dropped my muslin. It's too bright. I've Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the I'm dog thirsty. cries, I just literally ignore the dog. Like, I'll come down at seven. See yeah. you then. Yeah. You know, you've got so food, you've got water, yeah. you're inside. It's just a, such an acceleration of any responsibility you've ever had, yeah. I think. I had to have a 10 minute conversation with Joe last night when I really had done his story and just wanted to go to bed about whether he should tell the girl that he loves about his secret superhero identity, which, as far as I can gather, she already knows about anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite sweet, and you don't resent it, because it's it's a sweet thing, it's your child, you don't resent it, so you don't go, fucking shut up, like I would probably say to Pete. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, They're the nicest conversations, I find, Mm. as they've wound down, you've read a story, and then they'll just they'll just drop something lovely from the day, or, yeah. or have some, and it's worth all that sort of exhaustion. And when I've rushed bedtime and missed that, I sort of think, God, I've got twenty four hours in a day. Why did I mm. rush that really delicious bit of connection with my child? Mm. When I go, what I really want to do is like scroll through ASOS and see if I can mm. buy a new bra. <laughs> um, you know, that real that's that. But then you know, it's it's a bit like I I always love those articles or you know tweets about. Um, talking to the dead, not talking to the dead, talking to people before they die. <laughs> Sorry, why? I'm not high. I need to eat some more. Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit hungry. 
don't we all? Say all the spiders down. Sorry, you're Sorry. Right, talking to the dead. Yeah, no, I like, I like, I like those articles about what people, the, the advice older people give to the young about life and what you should spend more time on. I mean, you can't change history, obviously, but I do, I do like that about you know thinking about you know what what really matters. How am I spending my time? And you know, considering how much time I spend on Instagram, I probably need to read. Mm. <laughs> Is that why you started smoking again? Yeah, oh God, I love, really... I really love smoking. I really, <laughs> it's just that, that five minutes out outside. Oh my God. The other night I went out for a cigarette and tried to hide it from the kids, but I needed to fart, right? And so I thought, oh, well, two birds, one stone. Yeah. Multitask. You'd probably like the cigarette with it. Yeah, true, true. Given, given how much kimchi I've been eating recently. Anyway, I did two loud farts and then I overheard my neighbour farting outside. I went, that's two one to fart, tennis. <laughs> Complete silence. <laughs> Then I went back inside. Oh, I thought um, that was a funny joke, but the one. think they went inside and was like that Australian crude woman? Oh, dreadful woman! Dreadful yeah. woman! Yeah, I was really embarrassed. Oh. Anyway. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, on on that note, mm. uh, you know, I feel like we've gone deep, guys. But I feel like let's let's go scummy mummy confession. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Have you got a scummy daddy confession for us, Ollie? Well, I don't know how scummy this is, but this is a thing that's happening in my life right now. So mm-hmm. I might as well just talk about it with you. I have recently outsourced the bedtime story to Alexa. Ooh. For purely selfish reasons. Yeah, fine. It wasn't intentional. We got Harvey, my son, who's seven. We got him an Alexa for Christmas because his best mate, Charlotte, who's nine, has a HomePod. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about it for like a year, you know. Yeah. It actually comes into farting. You can get Alexa to fart, as I'm sure. Oh, you know. yeah. Oh, oh, many, all day long. Yeah, yeah. All well, day literally long. all day long. Yeah. And I was like, please take this out of my <laughs> kitchen. It's funny the first 50 times. Um, so I was like, well... And on Black Friday, it was like 25 quid to get him a kid's Amazon Echo dot or whatever. And I was like, yeah. actually... 
that's quarter of the price of you know a big Playmobil thing, and yeah. he'll love it with all his heart. Yeah. Daily and joy. Then the Russians can keep an eye on him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and they can monetize his interest forever. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, win-win. Uh, and it's got a dragon on it. It's cute. So we got him now for Christmas, and I I hadn't thought about the story. I didn't know the story thing happens. I, I I had just thought about it for. Spotify, so it's connected to my Spotify, and you can do like a, a clean, you know, he can't play explicit songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's good. He can then listen to his music that he likes, which is all awful, yeah. away from me, and that's fine. Yeah. And he can set an alarm for the morning, like, because he'd outgrown the grow clock, and we're like, I quite like Toby, the younger one, to have your grow clock, and I'm going to buy a second grow clock. You don't yeah. need two grow clocks in your mm. house. So this will all work really well. Yeah. But then it comes with a year's subscription to Amazon Kids, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And that comes with Audible Stories. So you say, Alexa, tell me a story, and it starts playing you a story. And he mm. tried it once, and it was Horrid Henry, which is just perfectly targeted for a seven-year-old boy, which of course they know, because corporate overlords, evil, etc. And I was like, oh, Harvey, would you would you like me to read you a story tonight? Or would you like to carry on listening to Alexa? <laughs> and he genuinely was like, no, I'd like to listen to my Alexa, please, Daddy. And there was a part of me that was like, I'm a fucking audio professional. Do you realise how much I should charge you for reading you the Gruffalo? But then there was another part of me that was like, oh, okay, well, I guess at some point I was always going to transition out of doing the bedtime stories. He's seven now. It was probably going to come at eight or nine, I guess. It's just a bit premature. He's very maybe, advanced. Very advanced. Maybe, <laughs> very, very, yeah. maybe we mix it up a bit. Maybe I let Alexa babysit him four or five nights a week and I just insist on reading to him a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. And we tried that and it's working really well. I'm like, there you he, go. He we You're can... available other sure. times. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's not like you, you come home late from, you know, uh, uh, I just did a quote Mark's quote Mark job. You, you, you're you around a lot more than other dads who'd be working hours and hours and hours away. So you're available. You know, the, the story time for Alexa sounds fine. Yeah, I mean, but it's... Let the professionals do the job. Like if Pete came to me and said, do you want to watch an episode of The Wire or I'll just read you the script? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do all the voices. Exactly. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So, do you want me reading the giraffe, the belly and me, or Imelda Staunton? Like, I understand why he's making that choice. Yeah. But I guess the scummy part of it is, what do I do with that half an hour? Well, I go downstairs and make myself a dirty martini half an hour earlier than I would have done otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's me time. It's not him time, you know? Um, so my confession is, well, uh, well, first of all, it's just a brag. So last week, I attempted the Guinness World Record for the longest time ever playing Power Wash Simulator. Have you heard of this game? I, d- I understood all of the words in the sentence, but not in combination. Not, no, so Power Wash Simulator is it's what it sounds like. It's a game where you just power wash it. Right. You have a range of <laughs> nozzles. Oh, it's buy different so guns, good. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> different rubber gloves. In the new expansion, you can power wash Lara Croft's house. I'm a big Tomb Raider fan, so I love that. That sounds therapeutic. It's very therapeutic. There's no music. There's no. It's just the the white noise of the water. I understand. I, again, since becoming a parent, gardening. Delightful. Never. I never used to gardening. Now I garden for oh. that kind of meditative. I can't be fucked with gardening because that involves actual work. But power wash simulator. <laughs> yeah. You just sit there, and I really like this game, and I like it so much. I thought. I wonder if there's a Guinness World Record for playing this. And it turns out there wasn't. So it turns out I decided to set one. And the minimum you have to you can play is 24 hours. So I played it for 24 hours. Of any hours. video game if you want to set a Guinness World Record? That's the minimum for any video game. That's a great fact. I yes. will look into And that. lots of things. I think the one for Halo is like 51 hours. Jesus. You can do it in teams. But you have to provide loads of evidence. Like you can't you can't just write to Guinness and say, oh, I played this game for 30 hours. She had to you film to it all. You had two cameras just in case. Two cameras and the stream camera. It's all, it's all a whole thing. Um, and we raised uh, 10 grand for charity for the Bourne organisation. That's not scummy. Baby. That's Where's not the scummy bit? This is just the braggy bit. 
Uh, we raised 10 grand. Um, That's amazing. So that I, was all well, amazing. She Ellie raised 10 grand. She well, did a very good you job. Were there, you were there. So I had like special guests. I had Helen there for the first couple of hours. I had some uh, TV comedians popping in. So I spec at King popped in and then my children, he was and my children came home from school. <laughs> and I was like, guys, because I've been reading them Alistair's children's book, which we've talked about, Montgomery Bomb Bomb, which is excellent. And I was like, guys, guys, this is the guy who wrote the book. He wrote Montgomery Bomb Bomb. And the eleven year old was like, Okay, have we got any crisps? And then <laughs> and then the eight year old came in. I was like, Look, it's Alistair, he wrote the book. And Joe went, Oh, Books are for amateurs. <laughs> so not only did he what say this, mean? I don't know. Not only did he say it to the man who'd written the book, I'm yeah. reading at bedtime. He said Sorry. it on the internet to literally let thousands of people have watched yeah. this stream mm. since. Uh, thousands of people know. You're welcome, Alistair. That in my house, books are considered an inferior <laughs> medium. So uh, yes, there we go. But it's a good book, isn't it? It's an excellent say, book. We, we raised ten grand. And I'm a world record breaker. That's the moral and story. And Ellie was in a power wash. Um, like a non-breathable full suit like you know we wear cat suits yeah yeah, full hazmat for the whole time which is which is interesting which leads me because we're raising this money for the born charity wonderful premature baby charity but we're going to be in nepal friday week on the 17th of march we leave Mm. this is obviously before this goes out we'll be on we'll be on mount everest when this podcast goes out won't we and you said you spent 24 hours in that suit but I was talking to the people who were organising the trip and we've got to basically stay in the same clothes for 15 days. 15 days in the same clothes. And I said, oh, so I've I've bought some fleecy pyjamas and they're like, oh, no, you just sleep in your clothes. I was like, okay. And they said, and then take some canister because you might get a little itchy down there because we're, you know, there's not a lot of breathing through three layers of polyfleece. Also, if you're not bringing extra clothes because of the weight, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that that product is... What are you saying about my body? (laughs) (laughs) Because the fact that that product is considered essential weight mm. tells you that is going to be a very necessary product. I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? I think I think the canistons very the compied and caniston. Yeah, is is. Uh, is I have is absolutely essential. no envy for what you're doing at all. I'm going to say now, I'm not going to sleep in my clothes. That is a step too far. Are you taking a fleecy a fleecy pajama? Just going to take a normal pajama. Oh really? I've got a very warm sleeping bag. Yes, I've got, I've got two. I'm going to take fourteen pairs of knickers. I am. I'm going to take... And wear them all at once, like Joey yes, and Frank. Yes, No, I'll be like a babushka doll. <laughs> Just <laughs> a layer off every day. I'm out. I think it'll be fine. Oh, okay. But all right. I don't know. Who knows? It'll be all right. We're going to be a bit stinky, but when we get to base camp, we're going to do a comedy gig and hopefully break the world record for the world's highest ever comedy gig. What is it with you and world records? Oh, fucking tarts Just, for attention. Ah, oh, pause. Crisis. Right. It's just a midlife crisis. Mm. Um, yeah, it takes, it takes a huge amount of support to do it because you have to have two witnesses for every hour that yes. you want. So I had to like organise... 48 hours of people to watch it and um yeah massive thanks to everyone in my twitch community who came along and watched it and did witness statements and donated money and it was absolutely amazing i was properly wasn't i, I did cry at the end she doesn't moved. she doesn't she doesn't cry very often, often it's probably moved by people's just generosity not just of, of money but of time and yeah. support and it was it, it was, was really it was very moving and, and ellie has this amazing community of, of people who watch her play video games twice a week people and sometimes they come to our show sometimes they come and have a curry with us lovely lovely chaps and ladies oh well there we go well i don't want it to end but we must we We simply must thank you so much for coming on the podcast ollie plug all your things uh ollieman.com they're all there 
O-double-L-Y-M-A-double-N.com. But if you're going to subscribe to any one of my shows, please make it Today in History with the Retrospectors. Today in History with the Retrospectors, because it's a daily show, so I get your ad money every day rather than once a month. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I, I, I love it. And I especially loved the fake Aretha Franklin episode. Oh, my God, what a story that is. So can you just quickly, just, before oh. you get, just, just to whet their appetite... Oh, I mean, how do you summarise? But basically, woman sort of taken against her will in a kind of Monday slavery setup, and told by a contact of hers who used to play fake James Brown at gigs mm. that she should be fake Aretha Franklin because she sang so well, and then marketed her as real Aretha Franklin and took her on a tour of Florida, and it went madly out of control. <laughs> and at the trial, she had to sing, and the judge let her off. <laughs> Yeah. Such a good story. It's a real story. It's so that good. I mean, Ten minutes, guys. Go yeah. in. Good story. Tuck yeah. in. Yeah. There we go. Um, do uh, please do sponsor us if you like this Everest nonsense. If you go to our Instagram, then the link is in the bio for our GoFundMe. Is it not? Yes, it is. And also, it will be on our website. It is on our website. You just click through as well if you're not on on the Instagrams. But and also come see us live on tour. We're going all over the country: Brighton, Bristol, Bath, Basingstoke. Birmingham. <laughs> Barnsley. Barnsley. Wow. Yes. Anywhere else that doesn't begin with a B? Uh, uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> Rotherham. Uh, Winchester. Milton Keynes. Cambridge. Oh, lovely places. Stroud. Right. That's enough admin, really. Yes. yes. Ollie, you've been excellent. It's Let been me. an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Ollie. And thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Um, there's a cat at the door. There's a cat at the door because it's snowing. Should I? Could I let my cat in? Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, beg your pardon. No, no, no. That doesn't. That door can't open anymore. Okay, okay. I thought it was fixed. No, the other door fixed. He came and fixed the other door. Oh, he fixed the other door. Oh, I love cats. Bless it. Do you? I think they're sinister bastards. Well, yeah, me too. But I love them. <laughs> That's why I love them. Well, some people marry serial killers. Out there, <laughs> Oh, what is it? What have you got? Oh, I'm zoned. I'm hoping it's my hat. Can I open it? Yeah. Um, Ah! Wow. It's my hat. It's my hat. For what? From Nepal. Oh, wow. Oh, no. (laughs) Is that an I'm error? I'm going with you. I'm not going with you. <laughs> I wear That's it for... worse than the last hat you bought from the pool. I'm really How good at worse. I'm really good at buying terrible hats. That's <laughs> a shame. They asked. They asked for a wipe. Look, that's UV fifty plus protection. Excellent UV protection. You're Dutch <laughs> again. Anyway, I'm glad I'll be going to the coldest place one of the coldest places on earth and have a good sun protection very practical (coughs) sorry Um, what was I saying yes yes look at my hat look at my hat hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.